pudding, and the pudding in this case is a football. Boom! Eat my goal! The goalie has got football pie all over his shirt. Hey everybody, welcome to Garrison once again for another uh, Q&A with the Wanderers and the Down the Pub podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony Abbott, this is Gary Griffiths. Uh, I'm sure you all know who Derek Martin is, probably sick of the sight of him at this stage. And we are... One, one person applauding. <laughs> <laughs> this is their last time. <laughs> We're going out with a bang. Yeah. So, this is a very special night um, in the history of the Wanderers. Uh, we're so pleased to uh, get to chat with our new head coach, Patrice Geyser. Welcome to Halifax. So Patrice, before we begin with the football questions, we had a question from Luca. And Luca wants to know, what is the gaffer's drink of choice? I, I say other than a pint, maybe uh, a bourbon old-fashioned, or maybe a really good tequila. You're a man of great class, yeah. Patrice. Yep. <laughs> yep. Getting into the football, though. Um, so with the season approaching, we'll have some of the players arriving soon. We've got, we've got Cal here already, Callum, who is a new signing over there. Yep. Callum's dad just referred to me as Chubby Prince Harry, which was nice. Um, so cheers for that, mate. Um, <laughs> so, Patrice, and um, we've got a question from Owen about the start of the new season, and he wants to know what are the current plans for the pre-season training camp? And to add to that, do we have any friendlies arranged as of now? Do we have plans for where we're going pre-season? Um, we're John get all the guys together I and mean, our first goal is to bring everyone on the same page, form a really strong culture, someone that you guys all love watching and support and someone you're really proud of. Then the second goal is to really establish a clear identity about how we want to play and what we want to do. Um, we're going to start at Halifax for the first, uh, say, two weeks and then we're looking at different options as some are warm and then wherever we go we're looking at some really competitive games that give us a different arrangement of competition from someone that's very you know, a young, a team that's experienced. So we're really advanced before coming home and gearing up for the season. Um, so yeah, we're, speaking of preseason, like there's a question from Alison as well, and they'd like to know, what are your plans for team building activities? Like how do you want to build a nucleus of players who have good relationships with each other, who have a brotherhood, and who get on off the pitch as well? Um, we, we had such a strong core of guys, obviously we've made some changes that everyone knows and it, the first thing we've done in all of our new players is qualify the person that we're bringing. Again, we want people here that want to be here, people that you guys are going to be proud to watch and wear their jerseys and people that you guys can support. So we've already gone through that part and then once we get them together, we're going to go through different experiences, one more preseason, doing two or three a day doing different team culture exercises that really brings them together. But again, I believe the connection that all the players have is their desire to want to be here and play for you guys 
and really push and have the best season we've ever had. So the next question was for both of you, but um, let's give Derek the opportunity to speak. Uh, Jacob <laughs> asks, what are the expectations for this season, both on the field and commercially? Uh, well, we want to win, so uh, that's good. Uh, so on the pitch, obviously, we want to change our fortunes. We've uh, not done well enough, which is why we were forced to, you know, make some changes. Okay. Yep. Um, and we've now got uh, some people in place that we think can help us do that. So, you know, I think that's a pretty simple one. We, we want to win. We want to be more entertaining. Um, you guys know me by now. I, I try to be consistent with what I say and what. I said uh, back in the fall is is what we want. We want more goals. We want more exciting play. Uh, we want to win. So those are the things that we're committed to doing. We're committed to doing that by the coaching staff that we brought in, and we're committed to that by the players that we're starting to announce now joining us. So that's certainly going to be our focus. Um, not that it hasn't been in the past, but certainly uh, more so than ever. And commercially, we just got to keep it going. You know, we, uh, as you guys know, it's because of you. We are the most successful club in the league when it comes to attendance. <laughs> and, you know, I've said it before, but we really appreciate it. You know, you guys stick with us, uh, have stuck with us through some miserable days at the Wanderers Grounds and some miserable performances. Uh, whether or not we're standing, but just uh, what you have to watch. So, you know, we are very grateful that we've been able to uh, earn your uh, support uh, up till now. But, you know, we're also realistic and know that, you know, eventually uh, you guys do need to see some entertaining uh, football on the pitch, and that's what we're committed to doing. So I think commercially uh, we want to keep it going. We want to keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, certainly keep working on delivering as good as a game day experience as we can. Uh, we keep trying to work with different food vendors, we keep trying to you know, find things that can make our current setup as good as it can be, uh, while knowing that it's not good enough, but you know, I'm sure that question will come up soon uh, <laughs> around what our plans are there, which are very uh, positive um, and, and happening relatively quickly right now, so uh, we're just gonna look to keep things moving. So uh, w one thing we don't have yet, at least not publicly, is a full squad. So we have a few questions about upcoming signings and the integration of players we've already brought in. But before we get to that, uh, Derek, sorry, <laughs> uh, I'd like to focus on an existing player. I'm sure everybody here wants to know an update. Do we have any kind of update on Joe Morelli? Yeah, um, not, not a great update. We just, uh, you know, Joe had a pretty uh, horrific injury. Um, you know, when you tear an ACL in this sport, um, it's very difficult to recover from that and to get back. Uh, we're staying in touch with Jao, we're talking to him all the time. Jao's a great guy, uh, he loves Halifax. Um, he wants to be back, but you know, the reality is it's tough and he's not gonna be ready. He's not gonna be ready for the start of camp. Uh, he won't be here to start the season and we're gonna have to just keep watching and, and chatting and seeing how things progress for him. Uh, if he can make it back this season, that would be amazing. We'd love to have him, of course. Um, but we're also planning as if we might not have him. And that's just, unfortunately, the reality of professional sport. And, you know, the, the danger that all of these athletes, you know, put themselves in, in terms of trying to entertain the fans and get out and perform at their best. And, and these injuries sometimes happen. And, 
it's uh, you know it's horrible that it happened to Zhao. It's horrible to happen to anybody. But obviously for us, uh, him, him being such a key piece of what we had been building. Um, but it's just more of a wait and see at this point and see how he recovers. So. You know, we'll, uh, we'll have more updates as the season progresses, but I think most people would have assumed that at this stage, and, and we'll just kind of wait and see and stick by him as best we can uh, to give him the support that he needs. There, there will be a lot of new signings. Well, there's, there's been a lot of new signings come in, and I'm sure there'll be a few more signings coming in as well. So we had a question from Brandon, and I guess, Patrice, you could take this one. He wants to know when you're trying to attract new players, what is your, what's your sales pitch? Because you're attracting players to a team who last season at least finished second from bottom of the table. Like how do you sell the club to them when you're not selling them like a championship win inside, for example? Uh, look, for me, listen, you guys are the reason anybody wants to be here. Uh, it, it's a great facility, it's a great field. We have the best support, and you know when you look at all those games, if you take away certain moments that could have gone either way, don't give up that goal, score a couple more goals, things can change real quick. And we're going to try to get players that are a little bit sharper, and we can keep the goals out and score a few more goals. We're really close. I mean, um, to going back even to your previous question about what our expectation is, we're going to expect the team to compete every day, day in and day out. And when we get on the field, you know, with your support, we're gonna look to win every home game. We're gonna make this the place, the most difficult place in CPL to you know, play at historically for the past five years. And, and we're gonna need you guys, but you know, when these players see the pictures and they see the history here, and you know, with, with, with what we're trying to do and the vision, the right people are here because they're excited about it. So for me, yeah, there's a bit of a sales pitch, but it's really the truth. You know, we don't want to be pushing someone to come here because I, I think there should be a lineup of players that come to play before you guys. I think anyone who's followed your career up until now, they've, they've seen a lot of pretty sensational attacking football. And I feel like a question from Derek threads into that quite well. He asked, so you say you want to play attacking football, like how do you see the players you've added so far fitting into that vision of playing proactive attacking football where we are the protagonists? We, we, we know what we want to do and I think, you know, I want to thank Derek and Matt and the entire organization for believing in me. And from day one, it's the style that I've always known and the style will never change, um, no matter who we play. And, you know, I think with your support and when you guys see it, there's more excitement, but we've recruited the players that are gonna fit the system. So we've brought mobile, hungry, young players that can transition and are technical. We wanna keep the ball, pass, you know, I, 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 we're gonna maybe give up a goal that we lost in possession, but we're gonna score a lot more goals. So we're gonna be risk takers rather than someone that just sits back and hopes for the best. We're going to try to take it to everyone, and we're not afraid of playing anyone anywhere. So, uh, a question from Cal. Uh, Vaughn is arguably the most successful U program in the country, and it's great we can pull from that pipeline with some of the signs that we've made. What opportunities do you see to coordinate with our local clubs here in Nova Scotia to craft this similar pipeline of talent? Uh, when I started with Vaughn 15 years ago, we had uh, 19 teams. Um, to when I ended up departing with the great staff we built, 
we had 55 teams. You know, it takes time to build things. I think right now, you know, for me to get out and we're starting to meet all the local clubs, we wanna have as many local players as possible. It's gonna take time, but we're obviously recognizing what needs to be done. We want your support and we're gonna support you. We're gonna get out and watch all the youth games. We're gonna try to do our input and help every club because you know when you collaborate things are going to go much better and again i keep going back to the same point that we need your support and we want you guys to be excited about what we're doing because it's our journey together not just not just ours right without you guys this is not possible so you know it's about talking to the clubs bringing them up to speed about how we can partner up with them in different things of helping them improve and you know i i think our work is this year fix our first team and then meanwhile, as that's going, starting to look at how to build things from ground up in Nova Scotia. Awesome. So a couple of questions for Derek, uh, just to give you a break. Um, before we start getting into a tactical discussions with you, Patrice, about styles of playing tactics, uh, the main man, Carlos Benitez, had a question for you. Uh, when can we expect the new kits? Ah, the new kits. Um, yes, so uh, you guys will hear it first here tonight. We're going to host an event on March 7th. Uh, and at that event, which will be indoors this year, for those of you who braved <laughs> Rogers Square last year, thank you, we love you, you guys are awesome, that was my fault, I thought it would be a great idea, and it was freezing, so that, that's all on me. Um, but we've got a great, uh, a great new partner uh, in the Lighthouse, uh, which is part of the old convention center right downtown. Uh, and we're going to announce those details soon, but we'll host a uh, meet the team uh, kit reveal event. Uh, these guys will be uh, have started camp at that point, and it'll be before they go to Florida uh, and get out somewhere warm. So uh, we'll have a great event where you guys get to meet the entire team, uh, meet every, have them all introduced to you, have a chance to chat with them, and we'll unveil uh, hopefully both kits at that time, both the home and the away at the same time. Can you give us a little a little hint about what it might look like? One of them will be blue. <laughs> <laughs> Is that enough? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another question for Derek before we move on from Greg. Uh, we were recently drawn against uh, Atletico Ottawa Boo! in the Canadian Championship. Uh, and, and today you announced we'll be played at York Line Stadium. Could you explain how that choice was made and why? And any, any word for Canada soccer in amongst that answer? Is this one being recorded? <laughs> I believe so. Okay. That Cut. changes my answer. Uh, okay, so listen. Um, I've got a few opinions on this, and I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. But um, the reality is uh, we live in Canada, uh, and in Canada it's cold in the wintertime. And when you want to have a beautiful grass pitch, like we're very fortunate to have, and you want that grass pitch to last throughout an entire season of playing you know, 14 CPL games, multiple Canadian Championship games, playoff games, yeah. right? You need, you need that pitch to uh, get a pretty solid uh, footing before you start playing on it. So um, in my opinion, uh, the Canadian Championship is, I think, one of the really special Things that soccer has in this country over all of our competitive other uh, competing sports um, it's incredibly unique how many people watched the Wrexham game earlier today right? that is an incredibly cool uh, aspect of this game that we can go and compete with Toronto FC and CF Montreal and the Whitecaps 
<laughs> and almost beat them. Um, hopefully beat them this year. So, so, you know, to do that and to have that grass pitch, we have to be responsible about what it takes. So uh, in our deal with the city, which we made public today, and I, we've been, I think it's been public for five years, you know, we can't play games before the first week of May, and that is intended to give the grass time to, uh, the roots to take hold and to be there. The city takes great pride in, in the pitch that they maintain for us. Um, and that's always been the situation. It's why many times we have to start the season. It's why we do start the season on the road. You know, the last few years, when, when our season starts in April, we will always have to play a few road games before we can play at home. That's just the reality of you know, having a grass pitch. Calgary is the same way. Um, but because it's Canadian Championship, you know, I think there's a great opportunity to play this tournament at a later date. Um, and have these games happening in June, in July, and in August. But that decision was not made, and the decision was made to move it all forward so that the MLS teams had some you know, time in the summer to do some other things. And that unfortunately then puts a ton of pressure on a number of venues who have grass pitches, like ourselves in Calgary, uh, and some of the other venues, some of the smaller clubs, which you know, Patrice's uh, Vaughn team is in the tournament, you know, do their great success last year. Um, and it's difficult for those guys to get fans out and do things in the cold of April. So we declared early on that we weren't going to be able to host a game when we saw the schedule. Uh, they asked us which dates we could host. We said we can't host in April. We can certainly host uh, the rest of the way, uh, hopefully as we advance. Um, Ottawa, for whatever reason, said that they couldn't host uh, in the first round. And unfortunately, when they got to the time of doing the draw, they had six games that had to be played and they only had five clubs that were able to host those games in that mid-April window, which forced two teams to be drawn into what was potentially going to be a, uh, an event that didn't have a host city. And we were lucky enough to be one of those teams. So as soon as the uh, draw happened, we obviously uh, made some calls and said, okay, what are we supposed to do now? Like Canada Soccer, what's your plan? So we had to start trying to figure it out. And, you know, we've looked at all the options. I, I did pursue playing in Moncton. I thought that could be a unique uh, opportunity for us. Um, unfortunately, they don't plan to open their stadium until May 1st because it's Canada. And Moncton is cold until May 1st. Uh, and they were unable to accommodate our need to have it set up and ready and ready to go. And, um, sure, we could have looked at some other uh, facilities, but you know, we also did the you know when we did the Island Games a few years ago, um, setting up a facility that's not built to uh, produce a CPL game is really expensive and really difficult. So it's not as simple as just saying, oh, let's go to St. Mary's or let's go to you know some other field somewhere. Um, it takes a lot more. There's uh, media pros. Uh, that's involved and has to figure out how to get broadcast set up and get their broadcast teams there. There's our own travel we have to think about. We're playing in Ottawa on April 15th. We're playing in Hamilton uh, the week after. Flying all the way back here to play that, then fly all the way back doesn't necessarily give us you know, a great advantage. Um, and when you factor in all of those things and try to figure out what's the best possible scenario, uh, we have Patrice here, who has a really strong support system in Vaughan. Um, and there was a game already being played at York Line Stadium on the Wednesday night. 
which made that a very viable situation to be able to just say, okay, there's, it's already set up for broadcast, everything's already there that we need, you know, we can play the game there, we can tap into some, you know, fans that, uh, you know, we have now with our adopted club at Vaughn. Um, we've got our fans, obviously, who are in Ontario that we hope to uh, come out and support us. And we're still working on, you know, uh, figuring out some transportation travel uh, ideas that might work to fly a bunch of you guys up uh, with us to go check out the game. So, I was hoping to have that all confirmed today, but, uh, you know, the price came back a little too high and I didn't think that was a good price to go out there with on what it would cost, so we're working them uh, down to try to get that a little bit better and hopefully in the next few days we've got an option uh, for all you guys that can to uh, come up and help cheer us on. But, you know, it's, it's one of these situations where it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, it had to happen at that time. It's, it's difficult for a bunch of venues to host at that time. And I really hope that, you know, the unfortunateness of this situation helps push them next year to make the tournament start a little bit later and allows us to really showcase, you know, all of these great games. Because I think the drama and the excitement each time one of these games happens is fantastic. Um, I just had to follow up to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that one of the door prizes? A trip to York to watch the game? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the questions go. <laughs> we're, we're not even getting a free drink, so I don't think it's going to be like that. Um, Derek, while we're on stadiums, um, any updates on permanent stadiums? And also. Do you foresee at any point in the future where we could potentially host a men's or women's Canadian national team game in Halifax? Yeah, we'd love to. We ask every single year to host either a men's or a women's game. We'd been love needy. to host a women's game. We'd love to host a men's game. Uh, we've been denied every time so far uh, for various reasons of it just not working out schedule-wise or other things. So we'll keep asking and we'll keep uh, telling them we think this would be a great place to have the national team. But ultimately, it's up to Canada Soccer to, to make those decisions. Uh, in terms of the stadium, uh, I would say the last few months have been the most uh, exciting for me in this process. We've really started to, to make some headway. Uh, we hosted a meeting two weeks ago with all of our neighbors, uh, the Bengal Lancers, the Lawn Bowling Club, um, the new uh, Denton new member I heard. Yes. Yeah. Make your mark wherever you go. They knew all about you right, right away. Um, and uh, they've all agreed to support us in, the, in our vision for what we want, which I think is really important when we go to council and start chatting about uh, this new vision for the Wanderers block. We have all the tenants and all our neighbors on side with what we're trying to do. And uh, we've got the support of our counselor and Councillor Wayne Mason. So I think in the next probably two months, uh, by before the season starts, before our home opener on April 29th, uh, we will be probably public uh, with our ask and our uh, request, and we'll likely be sitting in front of council, much like we did five or six years ago when we made the initial. Some of you are here that were there then, and. Uh, we made our initial pitch to try this crazy idea out on the Wanderers grounds. We'll be back to make the pitch that's time now to you know, make it permanent and uh, give you guys what you deserve, which is a, a proper stadium. Um, 
Yeah, moving on. We're going to get into like the kind of nerdy tactical stuff now. Um, football perverts. Um, so several people asked this, Patrice. Um, they were talking about like the, the style of football you played in Vaughan, the formation you played in Vaughan, that mental shit you do with your left back where he tucks in and inverts. Do you have like a, the similar kind of idea of a game model for Halifax and principles of play and the way you want the team to look on the pitch? Well, first I was going to say, uh, I, I feel like the questions are uneven. What, where, <laughs> he just getting applauses and laughs. <laughs> My questions are like deep dives and I see people taking notes. <laughs> so I'm getting super nervous when I'm here, so. Uh, no, listen, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he chose the question, some of them. Um, our, our plan is to conduct with the same principles of attack, whether it's through different shapes, because we obviously want to be unpredictable to our opponents, but the philosophy remains the same, which is uh, make a lot of passes, hang on to the ball, invite the pressure, and look to keep moving the ball closer and closer to the goal, and hopefully score a lot of goals. So, again, we won't be as predictable as just having one look, but it'll be different looks. It'll depend on our travel opponents, but with the squad of players that we have coming and the technical ability, I feel very excited and optimistic about the different looks that we're gonna give our opponents, which I think they won't be ready for. Woohoo! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> and good night, everyone. So, in terms of influences, like you, when when we chatted before, you told me how Pep Guardiola and Deserby from Brighton are two coaches that you really look up to. How have they influenced the way you like your teams to play? I think. Uh, every coach has their own philosophy they want to apply. Uh, I think it's great to feel inspiration from other coaches. For me, the biggest takeaway from them has been try to do something different. Because if I, I think about a long, long time ago when I played, if I was doing the same type of training and ideas, it, 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 it took a toll on you and it became boring. So try to excite your players try to push the boundaries, try to offer the fans and leak something that's never been seen before. So for me, the biggest takeaway was look at it differently, have passion about what you do and look for sure. I'm sure one of the questions is about risk and you know, the things and the league being different. We're going to take risk, but you know, where there's a lot of risk, there's also a lot of reward. So we'll be ready for that. And hopefully so are you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel, I feel like there's a couple of sides to football there's the stuff that happens on the pitch that you can see with your eyes but there's also the intangible stuff the mental side of the game as well and we had a question from Ben who, who wanted to know how do you kind of coach that stuff how do you coach the intangibles the stuff that you can't actually see the stuff that's happening between someone's ears yeah, that, that's actually an excellent question. Um, one, again, we've qualified players that have the mental strength. Generally, when something like that happens, Gary, it's because of pressure. Pressure gets to the player, whether it's through fatigue, the desire to be consistent. You know, and I continue to say, we don't want players that are uh, a 10, then there are two, then there are three. 
We want players that are consistent seven. They know what we expect and they can do it on a day in and day out. It, you know, a lot of that starts in preseason and it starts from us taking pressure away from them and letting them know we're, we're going to make mistakes for sure, but it's about what do we do to resolve it. And at the end of the day, I, I've said this to every player that I've recruited, every player that's been here, I'll stand by them at, when the whistle's blown and we're together. So I think it's taking away that pressure and letting them know that this is, this is amazing. You're doing what you dreamed of and you're playing against the best fans in the league. So, you know, take away all that anxiety and, and look at it as an opportunity. Sure. Uh, a final question on the tactical side of the game. Chris asks, uh, while attacking football sells seats, how confident are you that our defense will be set up in a way to stop us getting hit by counterattacks? There's many different ways of looking at that. For me, the first is our attack will be our best defense. If we can put teams away early, then they won't have the desire to want to counterattack. Two, if we can hang on to the ball, uh, I don't think anyone can score without the ball. So if we can take care of the ball, so if we can take care of the ball, that's going to get rid of a lot of that issues. And you know, again, when teams start to see the style we want to play, that'll be immediately what they go on. But for me, that's a defeat right away. When an opposition coach says, hey, we're just going to sit back and let them have the ball the whole game and try to counter, they're admitting defeat that we're better at what we can do. So it's taking care of the ball, working with our group, that the moment we lose the ball, repress, and again, we're not afraid to play. We're not gonna say, no, we'll counter you. We'll be a team, and if you look at our average age, I understand that everyone wants a, a player that's much more experienced, but when you look at youth and the energy that we're bringing in, that's gonna be the buzz that we need to stop all these goals from happening. And just to add to that, Todd asks, uh, a lot of this is defense-based, which kind of tells you how our season went last year. What changes can we make to make us better at defending set-pieces compared to last season? Well, hopefully, if we never give up any set-pieces, that'll get rid of <laughs> keep the ball in the opposition half. Look, for me, it's about a level of organization. And where we are today, with our group, we've already started having meetings uh, three or four times a week. We're already discussing set-pieces. We know the things that have happened, we are addressing it, and we're trying to fix it. So we're looking at not just coming up with one way of defending set pieces, but coming up through various different ways based on our opponents. So, you know, I, I think step one is admitting there was a problem, and number two is coming up with a solution of uh, revisiting it and fixing it. So uh, obviously Jordan's come along with you from Vaughn. How important was it for you to have him come back in as your assistant this year? Jordan's actually there. Jordan, can you wait for us? Hi, Jordan. Uh, I, I, you know, again, with, with, with Derek and Matt giving me an opportunity of a lifetime, and also you guys, I, I, I wanted this for Jordan because he understands. Um, I think he calls me a mad scientist. You know, <laughs> sometimes, again, going back to what we were saying to Gary, you, you, you can't do things normal and expect something extraordinary to happen. So Jordan understands my culture. Sometimes I need to like uh, to be calmed down. Most of the time, actually. <laughs> so I think Jordan understands the the culture we want to set, and I think with that coming in, it makes it so much easier because our staff is aligned. And I think 
you know, with Jen coming back, which is incredible, and the addition of Jet to our staff, and Travis, I think we have an amazing staff that's gonna be able to support the players that we brought in. Amazing. So we had a question from Stuart, and he wanted to know, with the amount of away games we've got to start the season, like, how can we go about mitigating the challenges and the risks of, of being on the road for so long at the start of the season? It's not easy. The first six out of the eight games are away, and for sure that's a challenge, but that could be also be an opportunity, Gary. You look at us, one of your first questions being about how do you build team culture, spend a lot of time together. So for us, it's about getting things that we need up to speed, and I think we have a deeper squad than we've ever had here. So we talk about squad rotations, having guys that are fresh, and again, on all these trips, we're gonna utilize every minute and understand how we can improve ourselves, whether it's taking an earlier flight or a later flight, getting there earlier, training on the field, getting a, you know, whatever it is, but we're gonna do our best and we've already addressed all those things to prepare our team. It's, it, it for sure is a challenge, but the way I've thrown it at our guys is, you know, with all the travel that we have, our team culture will be incredible because we're together a lot. For sure, yeah. Um, we had we had a question that was it was for you, Patrice. But I was hoping both of you could answer it because I think if we got this from both perspectives, it could be quite interesting. And it was a question about game day routines and what that looks like for you. So the question was asking you, Patrice, like when you're when you wake up on the day of a match, how do you like prepare your team? What do you want the players to eat? Um, which is an interesting question, but also for Derek, I was wondering for you as an owner of a club who's hosting a home game, what does your match day look like as well? So maybe we could start with Derek and then go to Patrice from the player's perspective. Sure you want to map me? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be on in an hour, Patrice. Yeah, that's, a, uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, well, I must say I've got a great team. So I want to have a quick shout out to my team. We've got Brian here. I know Dylan is here, always hiding over the side, he does so much. Jeff is right there. Trevor, you guys saw earlier, is here. Matt's at the back. So I'm very fortunate. Oh, Jack and uh, Anna, I think we're over at the, at the front desk when you guys walked in, you saw them. And Marvin's probably here somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, there he is. Um, so I'm very fortunate that I've, we've really got a great team. And, um, I don't have to do a lot on game days, uh, which is maybe good, maybe bad, I don't know, because because I don't have a lot to do, I often get very stressed out. Um, and given that we haven't had the greatest success over the last couple of years, uh, sometimes game days aren't the most fun, if I'm being truthful. Um, but for me, it's really uh, just kind of checking in with everybody in the morning, seeing how everything's going, uh, making sure there haven't been any curveballs. Uh, there was no hurricane that blew down the media tower. And <laughs> um, things like that, that, that sometimes pop up. Usually I'm checking in with Marvin and asking for the ticket count to, to know if we're sold out yet and how close we are to uh, whether we're gonna get there or not on that game. Uh, I usually show up to the game uh, a couple hours early uh, walk around, just check in with everybody, uh, kind of get my own eyes on things to see how things are set up and, and how they're going. Usually go out on the pitch, uh, chat, with, uh, chat with the team, the coaches. Uh, I usually do a little walk around uh, of the grass. I love the grass, so it's kind of my thing. I just love walking around on the grass and, and, 
feeling that atmosphere. I want that on a Wanderer's t-shirt. I love the grass. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's green. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then, just get upstairs and uh, and and try to try to smile and try to enjoy the game. So um, it can be nerve wracking though, and it's uh, it's an incredibly uh, I didn't think it would be as stressful as it is, but it is. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, having a few early goals this year to enjoy second half. <laughs> there you go. No pressure. Well, Derek doesn't stand a chance here. I'll, mine is it's crazy, and I'll go with that part last. But listen, for me, for the players, it doesn't start on that day. It's about our preparation that we give them the whole week in regards of our training, in regards of what we do, the way video preparation. Um, we have a team nutritionist. We're working on their sleeping patterns and understanding all those things. And if you see any of them at a, at a bar or here within the, during the season, just give us, well, you have Derek's phone number, just give us a shout out. But, Cow, you know, hide your beer. Yeah, no, I've been watching him. Yeah. Okay, he's having water. Vodka. So it's, it's, with that part, Gary, I leave it to the guys because I think once you hit your zone, and I think we're all used to doing something that allows you to feel comfortable, um, you don't want to change that. Like you have your pre-game meal. There's a certain time you get up, and I'll go over mine. As I said, you're, you're going to be blown away. And, and we want to make them feel comfortable for them to have their pre-game meals when they go to sleep, when they wake up. But most of that really is about the support they get the week before. For me, I, I, I feel I wouldn't say anxiety, but I'm too excited. I'm I'm going crazy. So the first thing I always do is. On game days, I always shave, and I always go for a swim, and I don't have a pool here, so if you guys see me in the ocean, just, just help me out once in a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yet, I get back in. Once I hit a winning pair of shoes and outfit, I wear the exact same thing, so I'm extremely superstitious, and I stick to it. And, you know, I, I, for me, it's about really calming the nerves. I'm coming in with that great deal of excitement to lead this team to great things. The, uh, the drunker they get, the happier they are. So, so, uh, so um, another question for you both from Alex. I think this is a bit of a, a home run for both of you. Uh, do you think Halifax has the fan support to help us win the league? <laughs> yes. Moving on. <laughs> More than ever, yes. <laughs> so this question is from Tom, and it's kind of a question Patricia thought would come up. Uh, what do you think will be the biggest challenges uh, with coaching in the CPL compared to League One Ontario? For me, that's not even a, a, a look. The most successful coaches in this league when they started, when you look at Forge and and, and Calgary, they started at the exact same level. So that, that's not even something that, that worries me. I, I feel very confident in me and my team's abilities to be there. But in, order, in regards to the biggest challenge we're gonna have is the consistency. You know, we have a lot of excitement, we have young players, and whether we hit on a very high note, it's gonna be challenging to keep that on a high note, keep going. We wanna start incredibly 
and start with a great game and take it to Ottawa back to back. But we're also very much aware that we want our best form to happen in July and August leading us to the playoffs. So it's really about looking at the overall plan and understanding what it is we're trying to achieve. And I think for me, the biggest goal that I want to give our team and the fans is that we want to get better every game. Every game we play, we get better. And you know, ultimately, I would love our last game to be a win, which is winning everything, hopefully. Amazing. So, <laughs> um, not, not everything will go smoothly next season, of course. Um, with that in mind, Rich, uh, would like to would like to know um, you haven't run into too much uh, based on your incredible success at Vaughan, but with soccer being such a high pressure sport, coming into a higher level with focus on success, um, I'm wondering how you will handle criticism from the fans. Uh, Derek might be able to help you out with this, but <laughs> all the inquiries I'm, I'm, I'm forwarding all the emails. <laughs> no, I'll go before Derek. Listen, I'm, I'm open to it. I would also ask it for winning to get all the encouragements as well. So when there's a good, no problem. When there's a bad, we should be held responsible. We are going to hold ourselves responsible for the way we play, with the way we train, and with the way we conduct ourselves. We want someone that you guys are proud of. So there's not a question about that. And again, it is a higher level and it's, it's different, but we do also have a lot more resources that I've never had. We do have more elite players that we've never had. So all those things are there for sure, but I also have things that I've never had. You know, Jordan was our kid manager, our physiotherapist, our assistant coach, and sometimes even participated. And now, <laughs> you know, we're, we're looking at changing some roles. So for, for sure, listen, we, we, we want to do our best, and I assure you that the biggest criticism of our shortcomings will come from myself. So it's, I'm open to that, and we, we, we have a responsibility for sure. Yeah, two things. Uh, don't go on social media. <laughs> number one, I made that mistake last year. Uh, and number two, I had to reiterate what Patrice said. I, I, no one wants to win more than I do. So, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, it hurts all of us incredibly when we don't succeed. Whether it's on the pitch, whether it's off the pitch, when we have issues in the stands, if we have issues with delivery of the game day experience, if we have issues um, with people having a horrible time or uh, losing, you know, all of those things really hurt. And, uh, you know, we have, I, I made reference to the team, this team works their asses off, you know, 365 days a year to try to deliver this. So it's not to minimize what you guys feel, because I appreciate that you feel it, and I'm thankful that you feel it. You know, uh, passion is a two-edged sword. So. We're very fortunate to have a passionate group of people that support us, uh, and we accept that that passion comes with uh, a responsibility to try to deliver something, and that you're going to be upset if you don't get, you know, what uh, what you should in terms of an effort and, and a result. So, I think uh, if I can leave that with any comment, it's similar to what Pat said. You know, we 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 give a shit, and we really care, and it hurts us when we are struggling and when we're not delivering what we really think we should. Um, so always know that we're showing up Monday morning, fired up, trying to fix it. We, we only have three questions left.
Um, Patrice, this is from Matthew, and obviously you've got a pretty incredible record with developing young players. Like you, you've developed young players who've ended up playing for the Canadian national men's team. Um, with Vaughan, you've had countless players who've gone professional. So with that in mind, he, he wanted you to pick an age group that you enjoy coaching the most. And like alongside that, what do you think, what age do you think is the most crucial time in a young player's development? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's an excellent question. I, I, I'm not sure if there's ever recipes you come up with because um, my son plays and he's nine years old and he loves the game as much as all of us that are here. And I look at him, but I think with certain ages, it depends about patience and understanding what's happening. You know, you, you look at Alistair Johnston who played at this field. Alistair Johnston at 19, 20 years old was nobody. Nobody in Canada soccer would know him. And now he's playing for a pretty good team, you know? So, so I think development comes at a different age. It, all of us feel the trigger at a different point of our lives. I think for me, I obviously enjoy the most when you go 17 and 18 and above because now you're in that open age where physically and mentally you've really developed. But I think it's really about if you're getting better every day, you're going on the right path. Don't look at it at 14. If you didn't make the provincial team or you haven't didn't score two goals or you didn't get the man of the match, that you're a failure. Some things, you know, uh, like a fine wine. Sometimes you just have to wait for it to develop. So be consistent, believe in yourself, and you know, development never stops. It never, you know, there's, I've had players that are 22 years old that were good and it took a year and it just, the light bulb went off and they were, they were incredible. And it, you know, to going back to even to your previous question about the criticism and stuff, you know, I ask you guys to look at the season and be patient. And I do the same with our players. You know, judge it based on the season. Of course, we want to get better every day, but with these same players, if they're improving than the day before, they're getting better and better. So I, I, I don't know if that, that took it on not a direct answer, but I think development never stops. You're always getting better. For your, for your football career, and Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's still hope for me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Trip had a question that um, we'll aim at Derek, as he's been at every game, I think. Did you skip any because you were afraid of the fans? Uh, no, I haven't missed Okay. What, what, <laughs> is, what is your favorite chant that you hear at games? <laughs> you know what's one I like, which I'll probably get in trouble, is I like it when they do the yellow banana. <laughs> <laughs> to the opposing goalkeeper. I, I always get a kick out of that. <laughs> I say that would be the cleanest one I can mention <laughs> in my role. That's good. Amazing. Um, so this is the last question of the night now. And pretty much every question we got fell quite neatly into a box of like tactics or new signings or hopes for the season. But then we had one from Denton. Um, <laughs> So Denon, Denon is our resident super fan. Like he, you'll see him dressed as a pirate. Yeah, pirate Privateer. on match days. Privateer on match days, sorry. Um, <laughs> and Denon said, Patrice, I looked on your wife's Instagram. <laughs> and... Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Is that it? no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and in her biography it says that she is a costume maker would she be willing to take a commission to make a blue tricorn hat for Denton's costume that's a lot better (laughs) that's a clear example to be patient with the the season that's a lot better yeah for sure thank you thank you I'm sure we can work that out. She's ecstatic. We can give her a call later to get her on FaceTime. She has a ton of practice. But for sure, we can look together for everyone. So, absolutely. Thank you very much. I think my, okay. Yeah, we're done. So, that's all the questions we had. Uh, I'm sure you'll join me in welcoming Patrice to Halifax. And come on, you wanderers. Thank you guys, thank you. If anybody has any questions from the floor you want to ask, come up and away you go. Carlos? Yeah, yeah. is uh, our captain since day one, and he's been like, through all the phases that this club has been through. So my question to you is, like, have you talked to Ramprasad? Because he's your captain, my captain, our captain. And what are your plans? You know, because you're a new manager, you got a new staff, and of course, like, he's the voice of the, of the locker room, and there's going to be other leaders as well. Yeah. Listen, one of the most exciting parts of this job was you guys, the city, and Rampy. You know, the first call I made was to Rampy, and obviously we kind of knew of each other. We've had several players from Vaughn come here that he knew of. Um, we played Halifax last year in preseason in Toronto. We played you guys in Canadian Championship. So we had some familiarity with each other. And I think Rampy was very receptive. He's very excited. And I mean, all credit to everything that's been laid out here in the past, but you know, first and foremost, I think he's an incredible player. And our, my job is to support him with a group to bring a championship that he deserves. And you guys deserve it. Yeah, I'm gonna get super technical, but like in terms of Rampersad, how do you see you get the best out of him? Is it more of a, an anchor role? Is it further forward? Like, like, I guess also in terms of that, like, super technical, but like, what would be like your rest defense to make your attacking work so well? Yeah, I mean, with Rampy, he's been stretched out to do so many things that we're gonna look based on the different opponents and the games. One, to provide him a supporting cast that can allow him to be better and better. When you look at Rampy, his abilities are enormous. And imagine putting him on a level with everybody that's at the same level, things are so much easier for him. So for me, he's our general that'll dictate the tempo. He's our leader to calm the guys when they feel that anxious feeling. He's our guy that'll make us push further than we can go. Jordan, myself, Jed, and the staff can do so much, but we need a guy that I always call a general on the field 
that can push the guys. And I think he's the best in the league. He really is the best in the league. We have another one. Thanks so much. Patrice, do your tactics change whether you're playing on natural grass or artificial turf? And of course, we love our field being natural grass. And um, it's, it's um, anyway, just, just a quick question on that for your tactics. Yeah, thank you. Very good question because natural grass is obviously uh, one of the best assets that we have. And with your help and support, we'll make this the most difficult place. We can push more because um, turf almost has 20% more damage on your body. So with grass, we can go pedal to metal for 90 minutes. And that'll be exciting because we're at home, you'll get to see that. Sometimes on the road, on the turf, we'll start pedal to metal, but may have to scale it back with the crazy travel that we have. And turf does certainly take its toll on you. But our approach to start the game won't change, but there may be, what, the 60th, 70th minute where we have the lead, where we'll scale it back a little bit and understand that we have to protect these players as well. So, you know, and, and then, you know, going back on what we had said earlier, one of our biggest goals this year is for our staff to have zero injuries. And that starts with protecting these guys, right? Yeah, oh, oh, don't want to trip you up there. So coming out of the gate there, like, you got high expectations. How do you personally deal with the pressure of that? I, I love pressure. I think Thank it's, you. you know, for me, the story of my life has always been an underdog. Pressure is what, uh, you know, nothing that allows me to be worse. It just makes me better. It allows me to push myself more than ever, ever. You know, for me, hard work is... Uh, a gift. It's not a, it's something that I don't enjoy doing. We're going to keep pushing and look at saying, hey, our expectation is to have the highest level of standard. And when you have this new birth, it gives us an opportunity to have new rules, new playing style, new members. I mean, uh, I am so excited to get on the field and have these guys going. And hopefully you guys are excited. So for me, pressure is what's going to make us better. Um, one thing I like to ask anybody who has got anything to do with the game, uh, who was your favorite player to watch when you were a kid? Uh, I grew up at a crazy, crazy soccer household, so that's difficult to say, but I would say uh, maybe uh, like Pep Guardiola when he was playing, Roberto Baggio, uh, Iniesta, I mean I loved Iniesta. Chavi, so I'm a little bit biased because the majority of the games I watched was Barcelona. So yeah, I mean there were people that really changed the game, and that's what we're going to try to do this year too. Do you think we're gonna like? What do you think we're gonna do better on, like um, goalkeeping or striking? Well, listen. <laughs> Very good question. We're going to try to do it all better, right? So I, I don't, we've, as you've seen, we have a really, really exciting new addition goalie. So that's going to come in. We have some really exciting attackers that'll be announced shortly. And we've already made some additions. So for me, it's about the overall group, everybody 
we're not asking anybody to take five steps forward, but if every member takes one step forward, that's 23 steps forward. So for me, it's about collectively everyone moving forward and going. Is that okay? What position do you play? Midfielder. Midfielder. You see, ah, oh, you didn't ask about the midfielders. So you like Randy, that's good. I just had a follow-up earlier on about, um, obviously with, with Joe not coming back at the start of the season and potentially not at all, how much did that change your plans coming into the new season of how you're going to adapt with new players coming in? It, it, it's, it's a brand new start for everyone. So the first thing we're going to do is set a great culture. And the culture is be proud of who we are, the city we play for, and brotherhood. You know, there's going to be bad games, there's going to be bad days, but at the end we stick together. The second one is to have a clear identity of how we want to play. When you lose your best player, you have an opportunity to have a new best player. You know, it just keeps going. So it's now everyone saying, you know what, it's my turn to show what I can do. And all the players that are coming, including Callum, young Callum that's here, they want to be here. We didn't have to go around and push them to be here. So I'm very excited about every member that we have. Plans don't change. We just keep getting better and you know we're gonna challenge these young athletes to be the best version they've ever been. Amazing answer. Did, did anybody else have any questions? We can let these two guys go and have a couple of beers and uh, yeah, we really appreciate you giving us all this time, being very open and honest as always, Derek, Patrice. Uh, we could have, we would have loved to have Jordan up here to give us a, a rundown of his night at the Dome, but he kind of chickened out at the last minute, so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks everybody for coming and uh, come on you Wanderers. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everybody.